0: Welcome to the Impact on the Crown podcast series. I'm Tia Sammalahti, CEO of whatimpact.com. In this podcast series, we'll dig deeper into what it takes to make an impactful change in our society. I'll give a voice to charities, social enterprises, companies, makers, individuals and government officials who all have one thing in common. They are keen to make a difference. We dive into practical solutions and observe the dynamics of those who have resources to give and those working with the beneficiaries on the ground. Let's start making an impact together. So today in Impact on the Ground podcast, we have an interesting uh, guest, uh, International Tree Foundation and Sam Pierce representing uh, this organization. Hello, Sam. Hello, Tia.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, uh, really great to talk about this hot topic, uh, tree planting. Um, it's a very uh, popular um, popular activity in the social value scene, and and it's lovely to hear a little bit in depth what it actually means. So could you please first introduce your organization as such and what is your mission?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So International Tree Foundation is a very old, UK Kenyan charity founded in 1922 and during all that time we've been committed to supporting communities achieve their tree planting ambitions around the world so that typically has has meant supporting people with local tree planting schemes which could be woodlands which could be orchards which could be agroforestry projects Uh, and the variety is is as much as these communities want to own those projects they design each and every one
0: okay so um, yeah that was a wide range of uh, projects involving trees but um, why yeah. are trees important
1: trees are important for a number of reasons um, depending on which part of the world you're in the landscape will be under certain stresses and these could be from people they could be from climate could be from natural disasters and um, trees are very good at mitigating a lot of these pressures uh, so in east africa where we have a large program we have a team on the ground and um, we're seeing firsthand the impacts of climate change uh, trees are very good at allowing communities to to adapt to climate change on the one hand but also to mitigate some of the effects so We're looking for, uh, we're looking at trees for uh, impacts in soil erosion, desertification and actually just cooling down the ambient temperature, um, as well as providing shade, fodder for their animals and food from, you know, fruit and nut trees, uh, for example, and even things like timber and firewood in certain cases. So multiple benefits, um, I think we can all agree. And the trees do this more or less for free once we've uh, once we've planted them and looked after them. So it's a fantastic resource.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I I believe there uh, there are other benefits as well. Uh, why these kind of even in urban environment. Urban environments here, let's say in the UK, elsewhere, of course, uh, all kind of green spaces are important and trees within. So, what are these other, like, aside from climate change factors? What are the what is the impact of trees?
1: Well, aside from climate change, I mean, we didn't mention uh, carbon sequestration, um, which ITF doesn't involve itself in very closely, but is uh, clearly a uh, benefit to. To tree planting and um, there's also a well-being uh, factor at play which uh, we we try to to focus on in some of our programs and that is the impact of uh, trees on on people and so this might be most keenly felt in an urban environment where green spaces are shown to have a really beneficial effect on your mental health and have uh, a kind of calming effect but also in an urban environment um it helps um, reduce the temperature potentially in a h- urban heat islands and um, certainly in warmer cities around the world. Um, and it it can help pr- provide a, a, a beautiful surrounding for where lots of people are, are going to live. Um, you know, when you look around the world at cities that have managed their green space as well, um, these tend to be the places where people much rather live.
0: Yeah, meet up uh, with other people, do sports, you know, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of a well-being factor, like you mentioned. Yeah. Great. Um, So uh, you were mentioning uh, international work, uh, UK work. Could you mention like an example of a project that you've run successfully uh, abroad and then in the UK?
1: Yeah, sure. So we, as I mentioned, Or we have a a team uh, out in East Africa, based in Kenya. This is where the charity was founded, so it's really fantastic to still be working there where the charity started. Um, The the projects on the surface look very different uh, between East Africa and and the UK, but at the heart of it, uh, the common thread running throughout is the idea of community empowerment, livelihoods, Uh, education and capacity building and so what we mean by something like capacity building is that we want to increase the options for the local people to be able to look after themselves and to be able to to flourish basically so a good example of this might be uh, a project that we are doing in Kenya in Dondori uh, which is in central Kenya in the Rift Valley and and we are working with uh, with the government, with Kenya Forest Service, and also with uh, our partners, Wazesha. Um, and what we're doing is trying to restore uh, a natural forest ecosystem there, which is on these very, very steep hillsides. And to do that, we are working with the local partner and the government to temporarily donate land to local farms uh, in exchange for them being stewards of this new forest that we're creating so you could imagine hundreds of hectares of these very steep hillsides being parceled up into sections donated to local farmers for periods of three to five years we then plant out the the area where we're employing a lot of local people to do that uh, with native trees um, spaced every three meters say um in between all those trees, those farmers are then free to to farm and to grow food and to to earn money from that amount. Uh, but in return, we would expect to be looking after the trees, which ensures a really high survival rate, and um, everyone everyone benefits in a way. And so, after five years, it being the tropics, these trees grow very fast, and so you're already seeing uh, what looks to look what looks like a forest. At that point uh, it, it wouldn't happen that quickly in the UK of course yeah but it, it's you know fantastic I've been at ITM for almost five years now so I can I can remember some of the first projects that I was working on now already looking like nascent forests it's fantastic
0: well that's as inspiring I mean I, I love this also this economic impact. Uh, which is, of course, very much connected to the whole climate change, that poverty and climate change go together so tightly that we don't even know which came first, which challenge, uh, because they are kind of feeding into each other, either in positive or negative way. And this is a good example of, uh, you know, kind of making sustainable living environment and and then restoring uh, the nature. How yeah. about in the UK? What kind of work work you do here? So here again,
1: we're engaging local communities to write to us and tell us about their their tree planting ambitions. And so, as I said, superficially it a little different to Kenya, but running through, we're still empowering local communities to really own their projects and have say over what their local landscape looks like. And we think that these local people are best placed to make those decisions and um, you know they they know what their landscape needs and they are going to be there on the ground to look after the trees as well so it could look like a community woodland it could look like an orchard and uh, we do a lot of hedgerow projects and um, further north up in up in scotland we are sort of able to work on a larger scale through community buyout schemes and so this is um, yeah, a really fantastic opportunity to, to plant a lot of trees across the landscape in the highlands, for example, um, you know, to the tune of hundreds of thousands of trees potentially. Um, and then in the south of England here, we often get uh, proposals for very small community orchards, uh, which which could be as, as little as 10 or 15 trees. So the scale is, is really broad, um, but we we really value actually that that variety that diversity so we we love to to support the big and the small and um, we recognize that not, not every community has hundreds of hectares at their disposal um but we love for people to get involved whatever scale that they have available to okay hey, so uh you know uh
0: Planting trees is very popular uh, amongst individuals and also uh, like uh, companies, um, you know, doing doing their volunteering activities and engaging on a local level. Um, it seems that you know you just go and plant trees, but I guess it's not that simple. So where does it all begin uh, before you can actually plant a tree?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of work that happens uh, behind the scenes uh, beforehand. Um, firstly. You you have to have permission uh, to plant trees on the land. So that could be from the landowner. It might be from the local council, um, and it it does depend on on the scheme that you're doing. You know, a large woodland would need uh, you need permission to put that in, uh, as it might constitute a land use change. So there's a little bit of uh, of of paperwork that you need to do there, and um, and also you have to have. Um, you know consultations with local people you have to have a really active um process there to make sure other people are, are going to be in agreement uh, because you don't want to create uh, divisions uh, within the local community so itf we are are very keen for you know to support people in that process because it can be quite difficult um so normally there'll be a consultation people will uh put forward their ideas. Um, at ITF, we make sure that all projects in the UK are, are publicly accessible or have social benefit. Mm-hmm. And so we are sort of not, not in the habit of planting trees uh, or climate land, closing the gates and not letting anyone in. We want everyone to be able to stay engaged in those projects. Um, going back, bringing your kids along throughout the season and watching those trees grow which is fantastic for fostering a love of trees uh, but at the same time it's fantastic for tree survival rates because when it, it doesn't rain for a few weeks in the summer we see our community group members coming out with watering cans uh, mm. in the evenings and actually looking after those trees so it's that that ownership piece is really important
0: so, uh, what kind of a cost does it involve, and how how do you kind of um, kind of make all this happen? How do you fund your operations, and also how can people get involved?
1: Yes, yeah, so the, the the funding is is pretty varied, um, and I think like most uh, small to medium charities, we we have to be quite flexible, and quite creative about do that, and um, we have traditional. Uh, grant applications uh, but we also are we are making the most of a huge amount of public interest in tree planting at the moment which has resulted in the creation of online platforms where individuals uh, can support tree planting projects around the world and that almost like a crowdfunding scheme um, has resulted in a, a huge amount of projects being funded um, through ITF and also other party organisations. So that's a really important source of funding for us, uh, especially for the UK. We also have um, corporate partners who help us in our mission. Well, um, and that is increasingly important for us. And we are we're developing our our proposals and our offerings to corporate partners. Um, with that in mind we have to be very careful about um who we partner with you know reputationally and um, there is a lot of scope for greenwashing in this in this area so we have to be mindful of that um but that being said we do we have some fantastic corporate partners and we we love working with them and it, we feel like and um, that they're very aligned with our values and our mission actually and so um And if it aligns with their CSR goals, then then all the better, then everyone wins.
0: So I assume that you uh, engage with these corporate partners (laughs) through volunteering, but also uh, kind of money contributions. Um, Could you like elaborate a little bit uh, more? Is uh, is there some other type of volunteering than uh, the practical tree planting? Do you kind of uh, use other skills in volunteering?
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, so we we do offer tree planting events to some of our corporate partners. Um, we don't we don't offer it um, yeah to, to everyone because we're not um, exactly well placed um, to to be offering tree planting events every week. Um, the idea of community ownership slightly is slightly at odds potentially with um, with a big corporate tree planting event. Uh, sometimes we don't want to to dilute the sense of community ownership by shipping in 30 well-heeled London city people coming in on a bus and uh, and planting all the trees out in our nice community orchards. So um, we have to be very careful about that, but there's certain projects which really, really do lend themselves to an event. Uh, so by thinking about our larger projects uh, in the Southeast in particular. Um, so on those Occasions, yeah, we are hoping people can help us with tree planting itself. We make sure, actually, that all our corporate partnerships contribute to our core mission as well. Uh, So this would be supporting our projects in the UK and South Africa. So we like to bring that in so the partnership is not not so narrow that actually all of our partnerships are actually all about the mission. Um, so that is a financial contribution to, uh, to our core mission, but also to our tree planting work around the world. And occasionally, we, we accept a, an in-kind donation, uh, yeah. which can be really useful. So that could be from a, a publicity a company, marketing, videographers, uh, you name it. So we are open up also to those kind of donations. So that could be really useful.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it saves also money from you then for your core work, uh, because, of course, you have to have budgets for communication and building your own kind of uh, systems and infrastructure. And uh, if corporates have this kind of um, offering either as a product or service or skills, uh, it is them saving money for, for other things. So you exactly. hear that you are, are flexible and um i hope that the listeners <laughs> make a note of that yeah so um a little bit more about the uh, the community the impact uh how do you measure that impact and let's say you are uh, building that little like urban um uh, urban environment like a Park or some kind of little woodland in in the city. How do you monitor then the impact? Uh, how do you collect data, and what is kind of the time frame for that?
1: Yeah, good question. So, yeah, as as we all know, trees grow quite slowly, um, so it can be many years before um, the the true impact is, is felt, and uh, and it's and it, for many years the, the impact will grow with the tree as well. Um, so. ITF have to <clears throat> we have to balance uh, what we can reasonably expect to achieve uh, in terms of collecting data on on such a large time frame um but in the short term we're collecting data on on tree survival uh, on land use in those areas we're collecting testimonials from people involved um, we are you know we are looking at. Livelihood creation potentially. So I'm thinking of examples of fruit trees in in East Africa. This might be a real, um, a real classic, let's say, um, project where we're looking to increase livelihood options and food security in the local community. And so, in East Africa, it would probably take from like four to five years before these trees are beginning to to bear fruit. At which point, you could reasonably expect that people will begin to feel some of the benefits from that project. So we would conduct interviews. We might conduct a, a survey of people's livelihoods, people's income. Uh, if you can uh, distinguish uh, inco- income coming from that project specifically, it, it can be quite qualitative rather than... Uh, Quantitative, I suppose. And so we are collecting testimonials and the impact stories for people and how and how they've been affected. Um, so it's a tricky one. There's no straightforward answer to to that one, Tia. Um,
0: yeah, but... uh, yeah. We we definitely uh, you know uh, know that at what impact. But since um, ITF is on what impact platform, and we have um, that quite well structured impact reporting tool um uh, which you are committed to use uh you know uh against uh donations or volunteering uh, given through our platform that gives quite a good structure for this qualitative data but also some kind of outputs like numeric and scale scalable kind of uh, kind of data of mm-hmm. you know, kind of the reach and, and so forth but but I guess um it is positive that you have first the qualitative data because that is needed in order to ever quantify anything isn't it right so you need to know that the uh, change actually happened uh, whether it's people benefit or or uh, measured uh, carbon uh, uh, carbon reduction or something and then then you can actually put more like let's say monetized value of it because planting a re- tree itself it you know, it has different impacts, am I right? You know, in different areas Mm -hmm. and different locations. And, you know, so the impact is not always the same.
1: No. And, you know, coming back to that carbon point, I mean, we realize that there's a carbon impact planting trees and and there will be, uh, yeah, carbon sequestered that way. But it's not something we're trying to quantify um, because we, we don't believe that the, the, the data is really out there. That's that's accurate. And there's too many variables at play. Let's say, and um, and we we prefer to to focus on some of the other other benefits um, that tree planting brings, which we think are much more far reaching, and actually can have such an impact on people's lives. So um, we really like this this qualitative data. As I said, the, the stories are so inspiring. Uh, that's the that's the real message that we want to get out there, is that that trees can affect people in their everyday lives, and we want to inspire other people potentially to to donate to such projects, but also inspire other people to look at their local landscapes and think what can I do, where where are the tree planting opportunities near me?
0: Yeah, well that's a inspiring ending for this conversation. So uh, I now encourage all the listeners and viewers on YouTube to kind of check out international tree foundation profile on whatimpact.com and uh, also then kind of consider uh, contributing to the well-being of our planet through, through this kind of tree planting activity. Thank you, Sam, a lot. And um, thank you for this interview and very best of of luck for the future for your wonderful organization.
1: Thank you, Tia. Really, thanks very much. Lovely chatting to you.
0: Thanks.